Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Keith Caulfield, and I am the co director of charts at Billboard. And joining me is Billboard's deputy editor, digital Katie Atkinson. Hello. Oh, hey. Oh, hi. hey, Keith. How's oh, it going? Hi. Hey, hi. hello. Hey. <laughs> Um, as always, the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today's show is a special edition of the podcast, Ooh. <laughs> Ooh la la. <laughs> dedicated entirely to the 60th Annual Grammy Award nominations. We'll be diving into the biggest surprises and snubs among the nominees, plus some notable facts and figures about this year's contenders. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on iTunes so you won't miss an episode and give us a rating or review while you're at it. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit iTunes.com slash Billboard Podcasts. All right, let's get into it. Let's talk dive about... Dive in. Let's dive on in to the Grammy <laughs> nominations. Um, well, the Grammy Awards can sometimes tell the story of the year in music, especially in the big four categories, uh, which are Album of the Year, which is an award that goes to the artist behind an album, as well as its producers, and I believe engineers and mixers. Record of the Year, which is a specific recording category that goes to the artist and the producers of a particular song or single. Song of the Year, which is a songwriter's award, obviously going to the songwriter of a song, and Best New Artist, which is kind of self-evident. <laughs> um, what story are we getting this year from the big four categories, Katie? There is a very clear story this year, um, and it is people of color, specifically men of color, and R&B and hip-hop. It seems like we could have the first album of the year winner that's a rap album since 2004, when Outkast, Speakerbox, The Love Below won. Um, that is, of course, unless the rap album split the vote and Lord's Melodrama wins. Imagine the outcry of a woman <laughs> winning instead. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, There's a lot of diversity in that top category, which is incredible. Well, I mean, it's basically like three three hip-hop albums. Mm-hmm. Um, Childish Gambino, Jay-Z, Kendrick. Kendrick. And then you have an R&B pop album from Bruno Mars. And then you have Lord's album, Melodrama. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the danger in that is that they could split the vote. And though. Hey, Melodrama is a great album. I'm not mad at that either. But I get. <laughs> this, this could turn into the, you know, Beck Morning Phase. Oh, God. You know, winning over Beyonce. Sorry, Beck. I'm sure it's a great album. I have not listened to Morning Phase. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, since Outkast won back in 2004, rap albums that were nominated and lost 
uh, include Kanye West, The College Dropout, Late Registration, and Graduation, Little Wayne's The Carter Three, Eminem's Recovery, Kendrick Lamar's Good Kid, Mad City, and To Pimp a Butterfly, Macklemore and Ryan Lewis's The Heist, and Drake's Views. All of those were nominated but did not win. I feel like it's Kendrick's moment, honestly. That's a good album, and I, obviously this is third nomination we for thought album. It was, we thought it was Beyonce's moment last year. It's true. Yeah. But it was Adele's moment. Yeah. Adele. Again. Adele just kind of, like, crosses everything out. Yeah. Um, so what are some of the big surprises across the categories, Keith? Um, I kind of thought Chados Cambino maybe is a surprise. I mean, I know he's had a great year, um, but he's sort of a curveball in the record and album of the year categories. Even though, he like, he won, like, an, like a bunch of Emmys already and... He's yeah, very, he's you know he's beloved. He's and, used to awards shows, right? But we I, should say he's also known as Donald Glover, the actor and uh, creator behind Atlanta yes, on FX, uh, which is what he won all those Emmys for this mm-hmm. year. Um, and and it's not like he's not been a successful artist. I was just maybe I'm just weird. Well, so I'm super familiar with Redbone, the song that was nominated for Record of the Year. Um, I have not listened to the full album, but I know that it's critically beloved. Well, then maybe it's not a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe you've just told me. And he's one of those guys that it's interesting for him to be called hip-hop anymore. It's very, like, Drake-like, where it's it's very R&B as well. It's very, you know, singing-oriented. Like, mm. Redbone, there's no rapping in it whatsoever. Hmm. So, um, it's interesting. He's still classified as, like, hip-hop guy, but it's a lot, you know... Uh, it's, it's a wider a net than it's that. It's a melange. Um, so Imagine Dragons, Thunder, and Portugal the Man's Feel It Still, um, kind of representing the rock, uh, the rock charts, are considered pop records by the Grammys. Um, and they're both up for best pop duo slash group performances. Which is weird, but that's how the Grammys work. I mean, you know, they have all these committees within the Grammys mm-hmm. where they decide, well, is this really jazz? Is this really a yeah. new age album? And then they... They talk amongst themselves and put things, they reorganize things and shuffle things around like this big jigsaw puzzle. Mm-hmm. And especially now, as genres get harder to define, that sort of makes sense. It's still just weird to see Imagine Dragons and Portugal the Man, who are arguably two rock bands. Yeah, well, and Imagine Dragons previously have been in rock categories for the right. Grammys. Um, but then we also know from your interview with Justin Tranter on the podcast, like they worked with him and right. so they clearly went into a specific pop direction with this album imagine dragons is also up i think for best uh, pop vocal album yeah so they, they just fully full classified them pop yeah um that's interesting yeah um well in the best country solo performance category three out of the five nominees are women allison krauss who is a grammy favorite miranda lambert and Marin morris uh let's hear it for the ladies considering the country genre is still dominated by men it's pretty cool to see three women in this category um, women continue to struggle on the country charts. Yeah. You know, there's a handful of ladies that are kind of the standard flag. Carrie Underwood. Carrie and Miranda. Miranda. And, yep. you know, but now we've seen like. Marin and Kelsey are in there now. Kelsey Ballerini, Lauren Elena mm-hmm. to a certain degree now that we're starting to see some some younger girls kind of stake their claim. Miranda got snubbed for best country album, though. Just throwing that out there. <sighs> Love Way to These Wings. It's such a good album. Oh. Super bummed not to see it there. Bummer. Um, did you know? That Brian Eno and India Ari made new al- new age albums in the past year. They did, evidently. <laughs> Surprise. And they both got nominated for Best New Age Album. Uh, Eno for Reflection and India Ari for Songversation. 
colon medicine. Songversation is one word. That's great. It's a word that she evidently invented. Songversation. We're going to have a songversation right now. <laughs> Every podcast is a songversation. I mean, it, it, <laughs> it's interesting. Um, uh, yeah. It's I. No, I did not know. Yeah, we did not know. And now you know because we've told you. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, this isn't really a surprise, but uh, death does have its way of perhaps helping shine a light on some artists at the Grammy Awards. And uh, artists we lost in the past year or so, including Glenn Campbell, Greg Allman, Carrie Fisher, and Leonard Cohen. All of them got nominations this year. What's the Carrie Fisher nomination? You'll find out in just a oh, second. Oh, and so will you. <laughs> <laughs> also not a surprise, but more of a nice to see you. The Rolling Stones got its first nomination since 2005, and it's in the Best Traditional Blues Album category, no less, for the Blue and Lonesome album the band's 12th nomination overall and they've won twice both in 1994 for best rock album for voodoo lounge and best music video short form for love is strong love is strong (laughs) and you're so you make me you make me weak (laughs) and now keith's recording of it will win at next year's grammys they should have a podcast category (laughs) yes uh, do, you, do you remember that video for Love is Strong? No, I don't. Okay, so... Do I have to go back and watch it? If you're listening, go watch. Um, it's this great video. Um, it was the first It was the first single and video from Voodoo Lounge. And it was, I believe it was directed by either Mark Romanek or David Fincher. Oh. I'm sorry, don't kill me. But it's all in Some black. Some big time director. It's in black and white and it's set in uh, like New York. And the Rolling Stones are giants walking around manhattan i've seen this and it's so yes, seamless and i have cool. seen this. it's so and also it's just like such a perfect visual of like literally giants of rock and roll mm-hmm. the rolling stones stomping around manhattan it's just cool yes. so yeah it totally should have won um back to today <laughs> i was a bit surprised that hillary clinton wasn't nominated for best spoken mm-hmm. word album for her book what happened But there are some fun nominees, as always, in this category. And I'm surprised that she wasn't nominated because it's just this category is full of very recognizable names that are often just celebrities that are not musicians. Um, Because this is one of those weird categories that have a lot of actors and politicians. Barack Obama. Barack Obama's a a winner in this Mm -hmm. category. Um, Hillary has previously won in this Mm -hmm. category. So here are the nominees for Best Spoken Word Album, which includes poetry, audiobooks, and storytelling. Astrophysics for People in a Hurry, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Oh, I want to listen to that now. <laughs> Born to Run, read by Bruce Springsteen. Mm-hmm. It's his uh, autobiography. Uh, sort of an autobiography. It's kind yeah. Of, yeah. yeah. Um, Confessions of a Serial Songwriter, Shelley Peekin. Our Revolution, A Future to Believe in. Uh, the book was written by Bernie Sanders, and it was read by Bernie Sanders and Mark Ruffalo. Mm. And The Princess Diarist, read by Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher, there she is. There's Carrie Fisher. And uh, speaking of some big names, Bette Midler got her first Grammy nomination in 10 years for Best Musical Theater Album for Hello, Dolly. Hello, Dolly. Of course, she won a Tony Award earlier this year for the title role, and hopefully we'll get to see her up on stage (laughs) again because she was hilarious at the Tonys. Let's take over. (laughs) Um, It's perhaps unlikely she'll win this year as she's up against the steamrolling success of Dear Evan Hansen. Though, the more I think about that, Bette Midler has a different kind of voting block behind her that's true Den- and, and one that coincides with the grammys yes <laughs> yes slightly older <laughs> um whereas dear evan hansen though it is obviously this year's biggest hit musical mm-hmm. that is not a, 
like this year's newest hit. Yes. Because Hamilton obviously is still a phenomenon. Yes. But this was the year of, um, you know, Dear Evan Hansen. And, but it skews very young. So I don't, I don't, it could, it's not an obvious lock for mm-hmm. this a la Hamilton mm-hmm. like two years ago. Um, so we could see Bette Midler win. Yeah. And it might be one of those backstage awards, but I'll be there and I want to see it. Oh, <laughs> oh wait, no, I won't be there because it's New York this year. Yeah, we won't be there probably. Billboards will be there. Will we'll, the royal <laughs> the we. The collective we. The collective we will be there. <laughs> um, let's talk about some of the snubs. Just a few. We don't want to We want to dwell too much to on dwell, the negative. But we did notice that <laughs> Ed Sheeran. However, but we did notice. Our friend Ed Sheeran. Um, was left out of the big four categories. Um, considering he had 12 weeks at number one with Shape of You and his album Divide hit number one on the Billboard 200 and as the year's number two biggest selling album, we kind of assumed that Ed would get nods in the big categories. I did. He didn't get completely left out. Um, he got noms in the pop categories, so right. he'll still be there and represented. Well, we assume. Oh, he he'll might still, be there. He's like, mm, I got... Yeah, I, I got better things to do. I've got a concert in Shanghai. It's like... I've got I've got eighty thousand people who want to vote for yeah. me. <laughs> um, I thought that was I thought I this entire time as people were talking about the Grammy Awards mm-hmm. as we were rolling up to them, my assumption the obvious assumption was like oh we all everyone thinks it's gonna be like Kendrick versus Ed yeah like in the top two categories for like Humble versus Shape of You and, and they're both previous winners and they both have been nominated in the big categories multiple times previously m- makes sense yeah yeah but. This year wasn't Ed's year, and maybe part of that was, you know, um, the the hip hop tide turned. Yeah, and uh, you know, it seems like this is, as we noted earlier, finally the year that you know, after a very long time, hip hop will win in the big categories. But don't be surprised if Ed Sheeran suddenly wins in the top categories, even though he wasn't even nominated. <laughs> the Grammys right are vote. <laughs> the Grammys are just that unpredictable. Um, it's a snub of sorts. There's no country music in the big four that's categories. That's huge. Like, that hasn't happened, I'm assuming, in a long time, especially just, like, the Best New Artist category alone. You can usually count on either a Best New Artist nominee mm-hmm. coming from country music mm-hmm. or s- specifically in the song category, the songwriter category. Um, I remember when uh, Live Like You Were Dying was nominated for Song of the Year mm-hmm. um, in the past. Like, I think Kelsey Ballerini was nominated just last year, maybe. I could be wrong. Or Marin Morris might have been. Yeah. All, all I this can't is, remember now. I, we don't, clearly, we don't have this yeah. in front of us. <laughs> um, I mean, getting a country album nominated for album of the year or a country single nominated for record of the year is a tougher sell. The pseudo country representative last year was Sturgill Simpson. Oh, yes. In, in the, the album of the year category. The, but that was more like country, Americana. Americana yeah. folk. Exactly. You know. um, but it, of all the things that were out this year, all the country singles, the one that you thought would be a lock would be Sam Hunt's Body Like a Back Road. Which Huge set a, crossover hit. It was a crossover hit. It was probably, it, it is the longest running number one in the history of the Hot Country Songs chart. It is, it is still hugely popular. Mm-hmm. And yet it was nominated only in the country field, not in the top categories. Yeah. Um, which, you know. I don't know, Grammys. Tell us what's up. I'm doing the shrug emoji right now. The shrug. I don't know. <laughs> um, you know, I think that I speak for the entire uh, podcast audience here when I say, what do the guys of One Direction have to do to get a Grammy nomination? Mm-hmm. Um, the group never got a single nomination. And, you know, maybe that's sort of understandable. Their ultra pop boy band don't always get super represented. I still find it hard to believe they weren't nominated for Best New Artist. Yeah, that's fair. I'm like, uh, I'm pretty sure like NSYNC or Backstreet or Br- like Britney was like Backstreet yeah. might have been. 
And so Zayn got close this year because uh, his song with Taylor Swift, I Don't Want to Live Forever, is nominated for Best Song Written for Visual Media, but that is a songwriter's award, and he didn't write the song. Well, damn it, Zayn. Why didn't you write the song? But I thought Harry was the better bet with the his debut album. It, yep. it was critically acclaimed, had a lot of good songs on it. It kind of had a classic rock lean, and so it seems like maybe the Grammy voters would have... You know, bit onto that, and actually, Rolling Stone named "Sign of the Times" their song of the year, number one on their song of the year list. Wow! So, yeah, I think out of any of them, like, well, I think all of them, except kind of for Zane, unless Zane could have had a shot in the pop duo with Taylor. Taylor's a big name, and Mm -hmm. Zane's a big name, and it was a hit record, so that was clearly a shot. But those pop categories are very competitive. Um, I thought he had a really good shot. I thought Harry obviously had a great shot with both his album and Sign of the Times. I think they were ch- taking chances with him by putting him in some of the rock categories, yeah. which could have worked against him. Yeah. I thought Niall had a great, Niall Horn had a great shot with He's slow hands. He's got the whole Ed Sheeran singer-songwriter vibe that the Grammy used. The Grammys yeah. clearly loved last year, two years ago. There's only, evidently in the pop solo performance categories, there's, there's five nominees and there's four women and one man. And that one man is Ed Sheeran. Mm. So Ed is... He's not going to give any space to his good pal Niall. Nah, guess not. Um, and then after that, you know, both uh, you know Louis and Liam, Louis Tomlinson and Liam Payne, both had singles out this year. Liam Payne had a huge hit with "Strip That Down." Oh yeah, it's not really Grammy yeah. bait. Yeah. And Louis, though he did have some dance recordings out with Stevie Aoki and BB Rexa, they were not hugely successful, and they were not, you know, I don't, I even with Stevie Aoki on them. I don't think that was enough to woo the dance voters right, to right. vote for them because the dance categories are very, very core dance mm-hmm. recording. I mean, even when you look, Calvin Harris got left out of some, a lot of the dance yeah. categories this year. The, 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 if when if you're listening, if you're obviously you're listening, look at the dance categories. The dance categories uh, switched uh, from being kind of like pop dance friendly, very like diva friendly, mm-hmm. you know, like 10, 15 years ago. To a very core dance, like true DJ, DJ EDM yeah. dance stuff. And mm-hmm. so when you look at it, it's like Odessa, um, you know, LCD sound system, mm-hmm. and those are like the quote unquote big names. Well, and our dance team also pointed out that it's a lot of live recordings too oh, that were big. Like, that's interesting. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, interesting stuff. Also, no Shania Twain in the nominees. No Demi Lovato, no Miley Cyrus, not a single nomination for Post Malone, nothing for Selena Gomez, and Bad Liar was totally worthy mm. of best solo pop performance. Agreed. Um, and, you know, Demi, I thought it was interesting, I pointed this out somewhere, I was reading an interview that Demi Lovato did when her album dropped, I think it might have been with Idolater or somewhere else where they were asking her, like the, the interviewer asked her pointedly, why did you put out your album in this really busy week? And it was the last week of Grammy eligibility. Mm. And she was up against Shania and a bunch of other stuff, and it made it for a very busy week, and that made it a challenge for mm-hmm. you to chart high on the Billboard 200. And she says, well, you know, we were talking with, you know, our team, and we decided, you know, you know, we didn't care about the charts. We wanted to make sure that we were eligible for Grammy consideration. Mm-hmm. And that didn't seem to matter because she wasn't nominated. Not this time. Not I feel like time. it's, like, just a matter of time for her to get nominated. She was nominated before, but she didn't win. Yeah, I, so. and I forget what the nomination was for, but I totally thought "Sorry Not Sorry" yeah. at least had a shot this year. It's yep. your biggest hit ever, but you know, I, whenever someone says, "Man, so and so didn't get nominated," so and so, and like you know, when the Believers were freaking out for like so many years that he hadn't won, I'm like, you know, as a Madonna fan, <laughs> just to bring her up in every show, <laughs> like she didn't win a Grammy until like 
six or seven years, you know, it's like six years or six or seven years into her career, like yeah. in 1991, and it was for like a video. Yeah. And she didn't ever get nominated for record or album of the year until Ray of Light. Yeah. In 1998, wow. which is her first album was in 84, wow. 83. Wow. So. Y'all just chill. Calm down. Calm down. Wait it out. And not saying that it's like, you have to wait too. I know no. things have changed, but it's like, you know what? Like the Rolling Stones didn't win a competitive award until like Voodoo Lounge yeah. in 1994. Yeah. Like. And we'll all, history will remember them kindly. Yes. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> um, well, after all that, if you want even more discussion about the Grammy Award nominations, we have you covered. You can, of course, visit Billboard.com. We'll be covering the awards inside and out from now until the show itself, which will air on January 28th from Madison Square Garden in New York. Katie and I probably won't be there, but you Boo. never know. We might be. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? It's still a couple <laughs> months away. And now it is time for the chart stat of the week. And really, it's Quiz Katie time. Oh man, this is what happens when I don't look far enough ahead of the script. <laughs> it's, and this is a, this is a Grammy themed uh, chart stat, and mm. then also a Grammy themed Quiz Katie. Of the last ten album of the year winners at the Grammy Awards, how many of them? As I cover up the answers, so she can't see. Oh right. How many of them hit number one? on the Billboard 200 chart. And I will I will tell you what they are. Okay, oh, this is great. Okay. I will quickly tell you what they are. Okay. We're going to start from the 2008 winner going through last year's winner. Okay. So, and I'll just say them quickly. Herbie Hancock's River, The Joni Letters. Mm-hmm. Robert Plant and Alison Krauss's Raising Sand. Mm-hmm. Taylor Swift's Fearless. Mm-hmm. Arcade Fire's The Suburbs. Adele's 21, <laughs> I wonder. Uh, Mumford & Sons' Babel. Daft Punk's Random Access Memories. Beck's Morning Phase, Taylor Swift's 1989, and Adele's 25. How many of those 10 hit number one on the Billboard 200? I'm going to clock in with 70%. Seven out of the 10. You are correct. Yes! I wonder if I got them all right, too. Um, Well, I will tell you which ones were not number one. I figured it was Herbie Hancock. That's correct. Beck. Correct. And I couldn't decide between Robert Plant and Alison Krauss. I, I, that's what the one I thought wasn't also a number one. All three of those did not hit number okay. one. You are yes. correct. Yes. Um, so I thought Mumford had. Yeah. Uh, Raising Sand, I think, was like number two, which was the Robert Plant mm-hmm. Alison Krauss album. Beck, I think, was top ten. Herbie Hancock might have been top ten, but <laughs> only after he won the Grammy. Right, right. That thing was left field crazy obscure left field. at that point um but obviously still lovely because he's herbie freaking Hancock. yeah um and there you have it a quick grammy related chart stat of the week really just to quiz katie in disguise <laughs> all righty um well any parting words katie atkinson just happy that we're back in grammy season yeah it's been too long it's like it's the (laughs) the season is like the next two months yeah grammy season grammy season is two months of our year we are in the middle of grammy season and technically oscar season yeah no the whole awards insanity is a is upon us like can you imagine well working if you worked at our sister publication at thr it's like oscar season oh yeah like runs in i mean aren't they oscars like in march I mean, well, I think Scott Feinberg doesn't leave Oscar season. Yeah, Scott, <laughs> if, you, if, you, if, you, if you enjoy podcasts, yeah. and you probably do, Scott Feinberg, our, uh, our, one of our fine co-workers over at THR, has his own awards chatter podcast where he interviews 
huge celebrities. Yeah. Oh yeah. The actors. people that we see walk by our door because of Scott's podcast. It's crazy. Yeah. Like, you know, you know, on you could see Steven Spielberg one day and then Viola Davis another day. Who knows? Yeah. But you know, go check it out. Anyway, <laughs> what song should we go out on? Oh man. Um Goodness, uh, we talked about a lot. Something, something that is uh, a nominee for album of the year. Something that's a record of the year. Nominee. Yeah, let's do. Um, yeah, definitely a record of the year nominee. What do we got? What do you want? Um, I <laughs> so many options. Should we do Kendrick's "Humble"? Love it. Yay! See you next time. Bye. Right stroke, put a baby in a spiral. Soprano C, we like to keep it on the high note. It's levels to it, you and I know. Bitch, be humble. Hello. Sit down. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.